Chapter Fourteen of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Fourteen Winning the President's Thanks. Though all possible ventilation had been provided, it was still suffocatingly hot in the Grant's small cabin. Little wonder, for more than seventy women and children were packed in there there were seats for hardly more than half of these rescued passengers as soon as possible ensign f escaped to the conning tower where there was an abundance of fresh air at five minutes past six the foremast of the approaching scout cruiser was sighted from the grant twenty minutes later the cruiser coming on under full steam was plainly visible to the hundreds who eagerly awaited her coming nor was it long after when the wyandotte with shrill blasts from her whistle came close and lay to on the now quiet sea eight boats finely manned by jackies were at once lowered and the work of transferring the rescued ones from the rafts in tow of the grant rapidly proceeded the cynthia's remaining lifeboats at once rowed to the cruiser when the last passenger had been taken from the rafts and these doors cut apart and cast loose two lifeboats went over to the submarine and took off the women and children there all were finally landed on the wyandotte without mishap jack and hal with their enlisted men were also taken back to the grant as soon as the passengers had departed the gig was being hoisted into place when a seaman standing on the bridge of the wyandotte signaled commander brain's compliments breakfast is ready will mr benson join commander breen there's nothing to do but obey laughed jack as he read the message so he stepped into the gig and was rowed over to the scout cruiser as soon as he had gone on board the gig returned to the grant next being hoisted and lashed into place commander breen had also invited captain drew to join him at breakfast there's benson the brick of our navy shouted one american man as soon as he espied jack on deck three cheers for him and a string of rousing tigers laughing yet flushing too jack fairly fled to commander breen's quarters captain drew though present at the meal could eat but little at times he talked rapidly at others he appeared all but tongue-tied every now and then tears glistened in his eyes both the scout cruiser and the submarine were now forging ahead once more for the present their courses would lie together though presently the wyandotte would take a more northerly course for new york city i've heard much of you mr benson said commander breen after the meal had begun i've always wished to meet you and now my first chance has been on a day when you have performed a wonderful piece of work on the ocean i hope you won't continue to think it wonderful smiled jack after that the conversation was almost wholly with captain drew both the elder and the younger naval officers tried to cheer up the old sailing-master but this they found a difficult matter they learned however 
that captain drew did not intend seeking the command of another ship he had money enough saved and intended to return to england and there live quietly the sea henceforth to be but a memory to him when breakfast was over an hour later jack benson did not linger it was time for the two craft to part company the wyandot now signalled the grant and both craft lay to while the gig rode the waves and came alongside for the young lieutenant good boy fine fellow he did wonderful work for us last night we'll never forget lieutenant benson these were only a few of the comments that jack heard as with lifted cap he passed through the throngs of the rescued on the scout cruiser's deck and made his way to the side gangway now then proposed a hearty voice cheer lieutenant benson out of sight we owe our lives to him his officers and his men let loose everybody this came just as the coxswain had given orders to pull away the tumult that followed was deafening women's voices could be heard with those of the men children joined in all along the rail of the cruiser's spar deck handkerchiefs were fluttering handkerchiefs that not many hours before had been drenched with tears of hopeless terror as the gig was hauled up in place and lashed the powerful steam whistle of the wyandot started a new tumult mr hastings see that our colors are dipped at once in acknowledgment jack ordered then ahead at full speed for boxhaven jack vanished down the stairs leading from the conning tower he enjoyed doing his duty the more perilous the duty the better he liked it but being tossed up in a blanket of approval and praise did not please him why didn't you stay on deck questioned f somers who had followed him below you should have waved your hat for the next ten minutes the people you rescued last night know a hero when they see one and you've cheated them out of a lot of enjoyment by running away the word hero muttered lieutenant benson is one that should be erased from the service dictionary no officer or man in the army or navy has any right to be a hero whenever a serviceman has any duty to perform he should put it through to the very best of his ability and should sidestep at the taunt of being a hero mr somers you're just about down and out oh there's a lot of kick left in me yet f replied with a grin you will turn in for two hours jack directed i will take personal command i shall also send hal to his berth you mr somers will call mr hastings to relieve you when you have been on duty two hours that will give hal four hours of sleep he needs it poor fellow for he wore himself out giving the rafts his personal attention and speeding the work all he could jack as soon as his own deck watch was over tumbled into his berth he fell asleep at once nor was benson aroused until f somers came in to report sir we are within about five miles of boxhaven bay have you any orders sir if i have smiled benson i'll go on deck and give them 
it was shortly after three o'clock in the afternoon when the grant returned to her former moorings the gig was placed back in the water ready for instant use while this was being done a shore boat came out the man in charge brought two telegrams one came before ten this morning the other at eleven o'clock said the messenger any answer to go ashore the first envelope that the submarine boy opened bore the signature of the secretary of the navy the sender stated that by direction of the president he begged to tender heartiest thanks and sincere congratulations to officers and men of the grant for their splendid work performed at the wreck of the cynthia it was not the expectation of this department the dispatch ran on that you would be able to accomplish more than to take off a few score of women and children who would not otherwise be rescued it was believed that the commander of the wyandotte would accomplish the major part of the work if the cynthia should be fortunate enough to keep afloat a few hours longer than she actually did the exploits of the officers and crew of the grant will fill a bright page indeed in the more peaceful annals of the united states navy you have all merited and won the applause of the nation gunner's mate shouted jack benson lustily pipe all hands on deck to listen to a communication while the men were tumbling up jack read the second telegram his eyes flashed as he placed this second message in an inner pocket then he turned to face all hands reading aloud the communication of the secretary of the navy to the entire personnel of the submarine we are grateful to the department as well as to the president for this expression of esteem for us the young submarine commander went on smilingly still we who were on the spot know better than any one else can possibly know that we merely performed a simple duty to the best of our united powers i wish to thank you all officers and men for the splendid discipline and fidelity which made our task so easy having dismissed the crew jack quietly signalled hal and eph to follow him to the wardroom hardly had they entered this cosy snug little place when a brisk step was heard ned white entered his face ablaze with reproach. End of chapter 14. Recording by John Brandon.